This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. You're just not got a free shot on all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big lie? MAGA media. I wish in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Uh, Monday, 14 August, year of our Lord, 2023. We're going to go to Sheila Walker in Maui in a second. I want to finish with Jack. Jack, thank you for taking the time this morning. But Jack, here's what doesn't make sense. We're almost, a, you know, we're many days into this. There's no information. Um, we don't know about survivors. I, they're saying there may be a thousand people missing. Uh, this just does not look like a, a brush fire. I hate to say that. It doesn't look like a wildfire. I understand they had, you know, uh, Hurricane-type winds might have had tornadic activity, you know, those type of winds. But there's so much. And you got Obama, who's from there, nothing. Biden, nothing. Um, a complete lockdown on any information. What, what, what's your assessment? Well, Steve, we'll, we'll, we'll leave it to Barack Obama to prove the, where he's really from. But uh, when, when you're looking at some of these videos, I mean, this looks like this looks like stuff that you see out of Ukraine. This looks like stuff you see out of Wagner videos after they've rolled through town. Um, this looks like the burning of Kenosha when I was there after Kyle Rittenhouse. And those those do you see the cars completely burnt out. Um, but the fact that you you see it and, and I hate to say this, Steve, but. You know, the fact that that dog wasn't able to get away, and, and I, I can understand if we're not showing that video, um, really has to beg the question, how many of these cars have bodies in them? How many of these cars had people that because of the smoke or because of the extreme heat were not able to get away or they were char- flash charred themselves? I mean, this stuff looks like it, it looks like something you see from an airburst in the military, uh, a, a missile airburst that just sends a shockwave down over the entire area. And you can see, obviously, some vehicles that were not uh, were not hit, probably drove in later, uh, people driving by after the fact. But uh, something something absolutely horrific happened in Maui. Um, absolutely terrible. And our hearts go out to these people there. Uh, Jack, how do people follow you on social media? You're putting up stuff all day long and obviously putting up a lot of stuff on Maui. So how do That's right. You can follow me. Um, it will be up 2 p.m. today, Eastern, here on Human Events Live after Charlie Kirk. By the way, just got off the phone with Mike Lindell this morning. Uh, we had a briefing, and people really need to understand that what's coming out this week in uh, in Missouri there is going to be absolutely incredible. I know what the plan is. I am not at liberty yet to share the plan, but people need to understand that if you want to get your country back, you need to take your elections back first. So I've been I've been briefed in, I've been read in on the plan, and I am uh, I'm very optimistic about what's going to be coming out of Springfield, Missouri later this week. Fantastic, uh, Jack. Thank you so much for taking the time away today uh, to do this. All right, God bless, Steve. Thanks. Do we have? I think do we have Sheila Walker from Maui? Uh, Sheila, uh, thank you for joining us from Maui. Uh, first off, can you give us an update of of what's actually going on? 
Thank you very much, Steve. Yes, I'm absolutely happy to um, inform the war room because I know you have a posse of compassionate followers. And first and foremost, can I please just say, pray for Maui, pray for the people here. We are hurting deeply. And this has affected every single person in this small community. It's a very small island. Everyone knows someone who was affected in this tragedy. So the thing right now is I can speak to the experience of the fire and or the current recovery efforts or also what we need in the future. And everything that Jack Posobiec uh, was uh, speaking to is absolutely correct. His, his theories, his observations, absolutely correct. It is like a war zone here. Tell us, just let's, let's start with what happened, what you saw, and just walk us through that. Because I think that a lot of people are concerned about this thing looks so horrific. People are having a tough time, at least on the mainland, grasping how this could simply be a, a, a wildfire. So can you just walk us through your eyewitness of what happened and just get us up to speed of what's going on before we talk about the current damage and then going forward? Yes, yes. And I would say... This was not a wildfire tragedy. This was an infrastructure failure, an absolute complete failure in our preparedness plan. So there was no forewarning. There was no air raids. There was no sirens going off. There was no um, news channels covering anything. There were no updates anywhere. So the people had no, no opportunity to even move. That's how they got flash fried. Uh, to say it bluntly. And Lahaina also had no electricity and no cell service that day. So I lived 20 miles down the road from Lahaina and the people who could get cell service kept calling me, my friends saying, can you get any news updates to tell us what to do? We've heard there's fires, but no one knew where the fires were. So they weren't reporting where the fires were coming from, where the smoke was coming from, what direction to go, how to evacuate. If there was an evacuation, people could see smoke, but no one knew what was happening. It was complete chaos the entire day of the fires. And then at some point, they told us that the fire was contained, and so 100% contained. And so then um, people kind of relaxed and thought everything was okay, and then poof, it just all went up in flames. Tragic. I mean, after a, after you were told it was 100% uh, contained, it it, it it hit again? Is that when it hit the old it, town, or is it hit in that, yes, other in residential that area, areas? Mm-hmm, in that area, supposedly it was contained, but it had started up higher on the on the West Maui Mountain up in that area. And so no one thought that the lower town of Lahaina was in danger at all. There was no preparedness, no understanding that that might even be a possibility for any of those buildings down lower to catch on fire. And at the same time, there were reports of other fires all over the island. So an, an upcountry fire in Kula, if you know these locations, and a Kihei fire was reported. So there were fires everywhere, kind of coming out sporadically, basically on social media, and even to the point where my own neighborhood in Kihei was um, evacuated. I did get an evacuation notice from my phone. So some sort of amber alert came across my phone that said evacuate at 11.30 p.m. that night. And we had no idea that Lahaina had already burned. So when we got the evacuation notice, we packed up our cars and tried to evacuate my neighborhood, but no one really knew what direction to go into because there were no reports. Where is the fire? Which way is it moving? How fast is the wind blowing? That kind of information was just not made available. And I I find that just absolutely unacceptable. And this is where I will focus in the future, infrastructure. 
preparedness is so needed here on a small island like Maui with very small resources. Let me, talk to me about the, were the winds that's the, the, being blamed on a combination of climate change, dry cane or underbrush and cleared off, and this uh, the hurricane winds from the hurricane was a couple hundred miles out. Were, did the winds seem to you to be because some people are saying they were sixty miles an hour, thirty miles an hour, which is a that is a stiff breeze. The, were the winds beforehand anything that got your attention? It was windy. It, I can't deny that. But we often have windy days. So anyone who's been here knows the wind, the trade winds blow. This was a little different than trade winds. So it was windy. And what I did observe the few days beforehand, there was some sort of ash in the air everywhere. So there was something clouding the air everywhere. I, in my background here, normally I can see straight out to Koalave, the next island. And that island wasn't even visible to me the days leading up to this. So I'm not sure what was in the atmosphere, but there was something clouding the atmosphere for a few days. And then the winds just kept building and they were sporadic at times. But um, I didn't see anyone's umbrellas lifting off. I mean, in high winds, normally uh, you have the we, we take all of our patio furniture away and there was nothing that lifted any of our patio chairs so even though it was gusty, it didn't seem that bad, but somehow Lahaina turned into some sort of wind tunnel, and I would not, uh, I don't want to um, project how that was caused. Let, 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 me, let me go back to um, the uh, ash you said for a couple of days beforehand. Mm-hmm. Had there been, there had been talk there were smaller brush fires going, but you had a problem a year ago, I think, that some people were arrested for arson. Has the government come out or the authorities come out and said the cause of this, is it arson? Because 85 percent of, I think, wildfires are set by humans or have not or some accidentally, some on purpose, but have a human element to it. A couple of days beforehand, that ash, did that come from brush fires that were already going on that you were aware of? No, there were no brush fires at that point. Um, sometimes the wind kicks up some uh, of the topsoil from the valley, but it wasn't wasn't brown like the topsoil dust. Uh, it was it was just this eerie uh, smog. And sometimes we get the fog from the Big Island when the volcano is going off. wasn't uh, wasn't anything like that either. It was a different consistency. Mm-hmm. And I literally took photos constantly because I was asking my friends, "What is this? Why does the air look like this? Why can't we see the mountains? Why is there no visibility here?" to be, um, yeah, yet to be determined what that was all about. But uh, I, I'm suspecting that it, it may have been precursor to uh, some of these fires. And the cause of these fires is still unknown. All the, the authorities are still saying cause unknown. The warning system. Talk to us about the warning system. There's a lot of controversy. Two things, the warning system and maybe the electrical company not cutting off power and that might have done it. But to talk to us about the warning system. That did that fail to if go it's off? An emergency, yeah, if it's an emergency warning system, it needs generators. They, it, that's not reliant on power. It's for the hurricanes and tsunamis. It's a tsunami system that gets tested every month, once a month, the first uh, Monday of every month it goes off. We know what it sounds like. And when you hear that air raid siren, that's when you uh, take cover if it's not one of their testing days. So there's no reason why those shouldn't have been sounded and going off like everywhere, all over the island, all day long. 
What have the authorities told you so far? What have they told the citizens, not, not people here in the mainland or, or not people worldwide? What are they telling the citizens right now about what actually happened? Are you, are you getting any constant information from them? Oh, of course, they just say the high winds from the hurricane and the low pressure system created the fires, sparked the fires. So they're giving us explanations, but they don't sound that plausible, especially when you see the disaster, especially when you see the results. I, I was present during uh, 9-11 in Manhattan. I lived there at that time. I saw the disaster. I saw the ash. I saw the quality of those cars that were burnt out. And I think Jack's right. It's similar to what you would see in Beirut. It's similar to what I saw at 9-11. It's the the same type of ash quality where everything is just disintegrated to nothing. There is nothing left. It's just pulverized into just particles. What do we know of, because um, they're still saying there's a thousand people missing, right? I just want to make yeah. sure I'm accurate. They're still saying there's a, mm -hmm. a thousand people missing. What did they anticipate as far as casualties go here? It's, it's going to be in the hundreds. Let's just pray it's not in the thousands, but it's definitely going to rise. They're having trouble identifying the bodies because a lot of people are just turned to ash and there's not much left of them. So it's a, it is a delicate um, setting, and I understand that they want to keep people out, but they've actually locked the, the official authorities who've come in down now have locked down the area way too tight so that people cannot get supplies into the other residents who are without electricity. Our boots on the ground, um, local community, we were there first. We had already set up and were supplying everyone with everything they needed. And then when the big agencies come in, they lock everyone down, they lock everyone out, no one can come and go. And so it makes it uh, even more heartbreaking for those people in pain. Maybe it's needed to identify the, the bodies and to um, do the to gather everyone who might be turned to ash, but there needs to be a better system. But like I said, there's only one road in and one road out. There is a back road that's very treacherous and most people should not be taking that back road. And it's actually closed leaving the town. So the only way in and out is on the main road and the authorities have that lockdown really tight. You must show an ID or a medical excuse from a doctor in order to get in. It's it's uh, really, and now they're suggesting that they're going to create ID cards so that people could come and go if you show your papers. Sheila, can you hang on for one second? Sheila Walker joins us uh, from Maui about this um, intense uh, tragedy that's taken place uh, in this, uh, one of the beautiful islands of the Hawaiian Islands, and of course the uh, ancient capital of the Hawaiian Islands. Short commercial break, Sheila Walker on the other side. We are days away from the Durban Accords, the greatest threat to the United States dollar's global dominance in the past 80 years. On August 22nd, BRICS nations, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa, are expected to announce the launch of a new international super currency fully backed by gold or other commodities. This is part of their long-term plan to supplant the United States and the dollar as the cornerstones of the global financial system. How can you protect your IRA or 401k from the fallout from this landmark announcement? Diversify with gold from Birch Gold Group. 
Historically, gold has been a safe haven in times of high uncertainty, which is right now. Get a free info kit on gold IRAs and decide for yourself if a tax-sheltered retirement account backed by physical precious metals is right for you. Text the word Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898. This is a monumental shift happening among nations that control one-third of the world's GDP. And it kicks off on August 22nd. Arm yourself with information to protect your retirement savings. Text Bannon, B-A-N-N-L-N, to the number 989898 and claim your free information kit from Birch Gold. Uh, Sheila Walker uh, joins us. Sheila, uh, regarding 9-11, where did you live in Manhattan? I was downtown Tribeca on Dwayne Street, about five blocks from Ground Zero. Oh, you're right near that famous fire station, right? Or the, mm-hmm. the yes, the yes, first next to the lo- mm-hmm. Was the destruction here? Some of it looked like did it strike you as that, since you went through the trauma of that. It's the same. It's the same dusty ash that just floats everywhere on the ground. It's the same cars that the engines are burnt out, the handles are burnt out, but the shell is still there. It looks absolutely the same as what I witnessed during 9/11. Uh, Sheila, how can uh, the war room posse, how can people in the country, I mean, you know, Barack Obama, jo- uh, Joe Biden, they haven't exactly been all over this. Mm-hmm. Biden is at the beach yesterday and, and can't even be bothered to answer a question thrown to him from the media. But but how can people, wh- wh- what needs to happen here? What do you think? You ran for office. I think you ran for the state Senate back in mm-hmm. 22. Um, so when you talk about infrastructure, you know what you're talking about. What what has to happen here and how can people in the mainland help? We absolutely need more support from our local authorities as well. Our state senator and our representative has not been all over social media. They have not been present. They have not been speaking out about this and they need to get on their pulpit and discuss this matter and discuss what they're going to do to beef up our infrastructure. So that's what happens when there's a one-party system in a state. The state is total democratic, and we need to flip that around. And we only have eight members of the Republican Party in our uh, legislature at the moment, and I'm bound to uh, change that in 24, because I'll add myself as one more representative as in the Senate. So in the future, what we need right now, absolutely your prayers. We need more prayers for Maui. Please pray for us and our healing. We also need your tourist dollars. Our Democratic governor is telling people to stay away from Maui, and that's not acceptable. We're already, we've already been um, locked down long enough from COVID. We need your tourist dollars for our economy to thrive. Our people need need the income. So please just stay in the South side, the North shore. Of course, you can't go to Lahaina anymore. You probably don't want to stay on the West side at all for uh, at least a few more months until they recover somewhat. But please don't stay away from Maui. Please come return to Maui. We need you. Uh, that's how our economy runs here. And the other thing is that we will need long-term camping supplies. So we will be in setting up encampments for all of these displaced families to stay. We have to keep our families 
families here on Maui. We don't want them to leave. We don't want them to move to Oahu, another island. We definitely don't want them to go to California or to try to find places outside of this county. We need them here. We need them to heal here, and we need to help them heal here. So we'll need long-term camping supplies. And you can donate to um, two excellent organizations. Calvary Chapel in South Maui is an excellent church where I, I happen to, to attend and love our pastors there, um, Drs. Kim and Kirk Milhone. And their um, website to donate is calvarymaui.com. And you can donate there and specify for the fire rescue. And then also the Maui Food Bank Org, Maui uh, sorry, MauiFoodBank.org is the other organization where you can be guaranteed that your dollars, your money, everything that you're uh, supporting will go directly to the people. Do not go through the big organizations, the agencies. Your money will get tied up in all their red tape. So please go through local agencies, local churches, CalvaryMaui.com or MauiFoodBank.org. Let me. It, it doesn't, I've never seen a disaster like this or whatever this was. Mm. Where local officials and the governor, it's almost like a lockdown from them. They're not pushing out a lot of information. I mean, it's it's quite mm-hmm. uncertain. You know, so many days into this and being so catastrophic, right, uh, that mm-hmm. there's nobody seems like just banging on that's trying to. Is there anybody there beside yourself and a few others? Is there any officials that are really pressing it here to get the information out about exactly what happened? We're trying on social media, but even the local news media are being repressed. The local news people are not getting their requests for press conferences or updates. They are being repressed. I mean, I've seen more about what's happening here from the national news, from the the big syndicates in the national news than I have from local news. And it's not because they don't want to. They haven't been able to get their hands on the information or get the interviews with any of the officials here. So the local news is definitely being repressed on purpose. And so all of us social media warriors are trying to get the message out of what's really going on here because the the magnitude of this is unfathomable. It's the, the worst uh, disaster we've seen in the islands in all of its history. And it is said to be the worst wildfire disaster in all of the United States. So it's it's on a scale like no other. And the the amount of casualties are it's just horrific. It's and it's just so heartbreaking because like I said, everybody has friends in this area. Everyone has families in this area. Everybody knows someone that's that's perished and it's 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 horrific. Sheila, I just mentioned something before you go that it's the great, could be the greatest casualties ever in a wildfire. If you look at out west, some of that underbrush has never been cut away and some of these massive forests that have burned. And then you see Hawaii and they're trying to blame it on climate change and, you know, the, there's dry season. You know, it was a, you guys have a drought going on in the cane. It just something doesn't add up. I mean, that's why the authorities need to come out and start putting out some information because it just so many things here just don't make sense. Uh, Sheila Walker, how do people get to you? How do they get you on social media and follow you, ma'am? Please follow me, Sheila Walker for State Senate. Vote SheilaWalker.com. I appreciate your support, and I love the War Room, and I will see you at CPAC. Sheila, thank you so much. Uh, keep fighting your pr- the prayers uh, of the War and Posse. will be with you. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. Thank you for having me. Thanks. I want to thank uh Obviously, Sherry and Nolan uh, Chang, Mo Ben and Grace Chong, everybody's helping us trying to get all this set up. Uh, quite difficult. Uh, 
and uh, quite difficult to find out. We just want to get information to people. I mean, it's it's a lockdown, and you know, authorities got to start coming forward with uh, with details, with receipts and information. Something just not right about this. Uh, Jim Hoft, something is not right about Michigan too. But you've been breaking the story. Um, is is uh, is the attorney general now admitting? Brother Hoff, that that the police reports are, are accurate and true, that everything that you've broken with these great investigators and these great heroes that are putting it forward in Michigan actually did happen. Yeah, this was quite a surprise for us on Friday. Dana Nessel, the attorney general there, far left attorney general, came out with a statement and uh, the Detroit News wrote about this and it pretty much echoed our reporting for the whole week. They admitted that there was eight to 10,000 suspected fraudulent registrations turned into the Muskegon County or Muskegon City Clerk's office during the election. Uh, they admitted that uh, the, the group was GBI Strategies, which we had, we had uh, reported on. Uh, they admitted that uh, this group was connected with Democrats. This was actually in the Detroit press. I mean, that's a shock. It's, you know, after reading this report in the Detroit press, Steve, we were tempted to um, file charges for them stealing our work because basically what they said was everything <laughs> that we had confirmed during the week. And so um, it, it really is quite surprising. And Steve, I think it takes greater minds uh, you know, than, than, than us, but why would they come out and admit all of this on a Friday? It's, it's just, it's, it's really stunning. I guess they had no escape hatch. Um, we also did, I did speak with the uh, police officer on Friday who wrote this report, who did the investigation. It's an amazing investigation, incredible read, if, if your uh, listeners and viewers want to uh, uh, look at it. Um, but he, he you know, the first thing he said to me was, um, the report speaks for itself. He didn't know who I was, I don't think. And so he, and I, it appeared to me that maybe he's had um, a few calls from some other, uh, maybe not so friendly news organizations, but that was his first uh, response. He told me to talk to the communications person, but I peppered him with a few questions. And he also admitted that this is an organization, GBI Strategies, from what he found, it's a registration organization funded by Democrats. Uh, black block, this uh, black pack, this uh, uh, organization that funds Democrat causes. It's it says it's black pack. It's actually funded by white liberals. Um, but uh, they they uh, donated, according to the FEC, for 11 million in 2020 to GBI strategies. And there's also proof that Democrat groups uh, uh, funded another five million in 2020 to uh the, uh, this this uh, organization. So that's a whole lot of money for people going out uh, and and creating a whole lot of uh, registration, Steve, across the country. So this police officer confirmed to me that they're in several uh, several states from his research. Um, but it's it's a very damning report. And um, again, uh, we continue to follow uh, the leads. We have some people now who are speaking with us. We uh, are excited to report um, that, that we'll have some updates in the coming days. And uh, our yeah. very, uh, a wonderful reporter, Patty McMurray, is going to uh, come out with uh, a, an exclusive in, in a couple hours on the firearms that were found in the office there. So, 
We have a lot going on. Can, can you just hang on for one? You just hang on for one second. We're going to play Oliver Anthony's great massive hit, "Rich Men North of Richmond," my hometown. Um, we're going to keep Hoft because Dana Nessel, I think, tried to take a mini victory lap. We'll, we'll ask Hoff on the uh, return. Oliver Anthony. When's the last time you checked the legal title to your home? Why? Because most victims of home title theft don't know they're a victim until it's too late. Like this homeowner. Check this out. She was getting ready for a home remodel when everything got shut down. She discovered her property wasn't in her name anymore. She was a victim of a devastating crime called home title theft. A criminal had forged the deed to her home and took over as the new owner. Now she's fighting back to get her home back. This is why I say if you own a home or a property, get home title lock. Your home property and equity are the most valuable assets you have. By the way, there's reported 80 to 90 percent of your net worth of average Americans net worth is in their home. And home title lock helps you protect them. Home title lock puts a 24 seven shield around your home's title. Let me repeat. A 24-hour, seven-day-a-week, 365-day shield around your home's title. The instant they detect activity or tampering, they help shut it down fast. First things first, you need to verify you aren't already a victim of home title theft. Find out for free with a sign-up when you use promo code Bannon. That's promo code Bannon at HomeTitleLock.com. Go to HomeTitleLock.com. Promo code Bannon. And when you sign up, your first 30 days of protection are free. Do this today at HomeTitleLock.com. Promo code Bannon. Protect yourself. Do it today. Take action. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. So, um, Hoft. I don't want to bury the lead here, brother, but didn't Dana Nessel in acknowledging the facts that you guys had brought up at the Detroit News trying to run cover for, she took a victory lap. Didn't she say, this just goes to show you that we caught them in the act and this shows you that the elections are fair? Are there any facts that you've seen in the police report or anything that shows that we actually, they actually caught them in the act and that the eight to 10,000 or in all the other districts that you know came up and said, hey, we had the same problem, didn't actually get into the system? Uh, there's no proof of that, Steve, at all. And that was from the report. Dana Nessel and her uh, office uh, came out with this statement that they successfully, let me read this, um, They uh, there was no successful fraud was perpetrated upon the, upon the state's election process. That's what they, that's what they said. And they also had a line in there, then they kind of flip the script and say, 
fraud was being perpetrated against GBI strategies by its employees. Okay, so it was the employees that were just randomly um, perpetrating fraud. That's, I guess that's their, their statement now. Um, it was interesting from this report too, Steve, that uh, Dana Nessel's office said that she's on top of this and she's going to um, refer this to the FBI. So thank goodness, because we already knew that from the report in 2020 that it was referred okay, but this, to the this FBI. Shows you her, this shows you her lies. Are, are they prosecuting? Because we certainly love to interview the people at, that work for, uh, for, for uh, and what they were instructed to do. If she's saying the fraud is at the employees, okay, let's see that. What she's trying to do is protect the donors and the apparatus. This is what we talked about on Saturday, the $2 billion that goes into the apparatus it's going into the apparatus in 2024 is all these donor NGOs. That's what GB strategy is. You notice Nestle immediately comes to their defense and throws the workers under the bus saying they're guilty. Well, hold it. Have they been charged? Have you know, has Dana Nestle charged anybody with fraud? This thing is what, two years, almost three years old? Brother Hoft, has any individuals been charged with fraud that work for GBI strategy, sir, to your knowledge? Well, you know, Steve, they know the name of this person who brought in the eight to 10,000 ballots. They also brought in another 2,500 uh, registrations. I mean, 2,500 registrations later on. Um, this person was never charged. I asked uh, uh, Lieutenant Anderson this, the man who wrote the report. He said, as far as he's, he knows, uh, this person has not been charged. So um, there you go. You can, you can turn in uh, 8,000 fraudulent registrations now and walk free the next day. Um, that's uh, the Democrat system, uh, you know, working for you in Michigan. Um, where do you go from here on this investigation? Uh, today, we're going to be reporting on the firearms, the mysterious firearms. And of course, the ATF got involved and said, well, this is just fine. We have some more information on that. We also, I, I, I have to tell you, Steve, we've heard from some other individuals uh, who work in the state. And uh, we're going to be putting out a couple of reports in uh, the coming days uh, from what we found out from other uh, people uh, who are associated with clerks in the state of Michigan. OK, perfect. Uh, well, you are the tip of the spear here, but Nestle bit <laughs> and your training by Andrew Breitbart knows when they bite, you know where to go from here. Uh, but great job. You smoked them out. And I think 72 hours, uh, Hoff, so not too shabby. Dana Nessel's yeah. a tough one to get. Oh, definitely. She's a it tough took him one 72 to get. Hours. It took him 72 hours to come out and, and agree with the Gateway Pundit, so we're very proud of that. But even better than that, agree with the Gateway Pundit and all the facts and then lie about – that's a bald-faced <laughs> lie. Let me just say Dana – no, Dana Nessel's lied. If it's about fraud, if, about fraud of the individuals, well, hey, you've had three years to do it. Why, why have you rolled them up? And oh, by the way, you've turned it over to the FBI. The FBI from the police reports had it for three years. Dana Nessel's already bald faced lied twice. It, why affirming the facts that you've laid out? It doesn't get any better than this, brother. That's it doesn't right, get Steve. any better. Remember, she's the demon. She's the demon when she's going around to these rooms and raising the money. She's talking about she'd have a drag queen, uh, drag queen show in every school. Remember that? We, you guys, I think it was you guys that had the tape on that yeah. when she was raising money to run for AG. She's a demon. You got, man, you got it now. Just run with it. As only Jim Hoft and the Gateway Pundit can do. Jim, how did they get to all your social media? How did they get to you? I love this one. Probably the story I love most right now. 
Steve, it's thegatewaypundit.com, of course, is our website where you can find everything and all of our updates. And, of course, we're on all the uh, social media outlets, uh, Truth and, and Getter and Telegram and Twitter, Twitter X and Facebook. And so we're out there, but come to our website is where you'll find the latest updates. These stories keep hitting every day. So, uh, and of course, uh, Patty's going to have a update on the weapons. I'm sure that's going to be interesting. Um, thank you very much, Jim Hoff. Great effort on everything, and just keep driving. Thanks, Steve. Um, Oliver Anthony's song is obviously a monster hit. Uh, this whole issue of toxic masculinity. I want to bring in Frank Bill, who is a working man. That's also a writer. He's got an amazing piece in up. Uh, a place that you wouldn't expect it, the Daily Beast. Frank, walk me through your background. You're a writer, but you're a working man. And tell me about this about this uh, piece you wrote about uh, the is masculinity dead in writing, sir? Yeah, I wrote that back in uh, like 2017. Basically, uh, one of the editors had reached out to me. And they liked my my first first two books, uh, Crimes in Southern Indiana, a book of short stories, and uh, Donnie Brook and basically asked me to write this piece on masculinity, you know, because of what I write about. And, uh, we got to talking cause there's not a whole lot of writers that write like me, you know, um, about men who do things with their hands that work for a living, um, lift weights, those kinds of things and, uh, get out, you know, you, there's nothing toxic about it, but you know, you look at guys like Harry Cruz, Larry Brown, you know, they were all masculine guys. Uh, and they wrote about the working class and the things they've seen and, and done on top of being teachers at some point in their lives also. But, uh, you know, they worked hard jobs and uh, got out and helped people in their community and, and earned, you know, basically the backs of the working class, you know, the blue collar, you know, the taxpayers. Um, and so whenever I sat down to write it, you know, I'm going through and looking at kind of a dying breed of writers, really. I mean, there's not a lot of guys that I can uh, connect with, you know, as, as, as a writer. I mean, there, there are some, but they don't do what I do. You know, some people are either teaching or they write for a living where I'm doing both. You know, I'm working in a factory 12-hour shifts at night, and then I'm writing uh, all my days off at night because I keep the same hours. Why is that? Why do we have such little masculinity in, in writing? Because now it's all devolved to you got to be a professor, or you have to be an academic, or you have to be a public intellectual, working-class men. Are, are, are they ruled out by the publishing houses as the topics? they choose or, or the power of the writing? I, I think we're a dying breed. <laughs> I mean, you know, anything you do now that's looked at as being manly, they, they want to put a topic on it or label it as toxic when it's not. You know, the things that you do, I really can't say. You know, I tried to apply to MFA programs in the past and always got shot down even after I got published. I mean, I've written for Playboy magazine, Grana, New York Times. I've written for all these different places. And it's and the things I've written is always coming from the things that I've done or the people that I know or, you know, my, my family, my family values, my grandfather, my mother, my dad, all those things. Um, I think it's just an area that's ignored. Uh, you know, I don't really know how to to sum it up other than, you know, when a young person asked me I've, when I spoke at colleges, it's like, I'm going to quit my day job, become a writer. Do you, what do you think? Or why haven't you quit your day job? I'm like, dude, have you ever paid a mortgage? Have you ever, it's, you don't just write a book and quit your job. It's just not how it works. Um, you need to get out, get a job, get some life experience. Do we also have a crisis in reading? Do you think enough young men are actually being raised in that, in that time of formation uh, to read a lot? Do you think that's one of the issues we have, that, that they've just, for whatever reason, uh, just stopped 
reading and really stop reading the the powerful uh, canon of uh, Western civilization? It's a good possibility. Very good possibility. I mean, the largest percentage percentage of readers are are basically women. You know, females pretty much rule the market when it comes to reading. Um, but I think that also stems because there's a lot of things that men don't perceive as what they can identify with, I guess is what I'm saying. Because, you know, when I grew up, uh, a lot of the things I read were basically nonfiction and comic books. And when I got older, I discovered this whole canon of things like Hemingway, Larry Brown, uh, Chuck Palahniuk. You know, uh, when I read Fight Club, it, it gave me a whole new perception of a guy who's writing about identity and how all these outside forces interfere with your identity as a man, you know, and he starts a fight club, you know, in the book. And then, uh, you know, he's having to deal with the uh, consumer culture. You know, you're just like your phone when you pick it up and it takes you somewhere else. You know, you're constantly getting away from what you're supposed to be doing every day when you pick that phone up. So, you know, yeah, there's a, there's a, a major, there's a major problem. There. There's a major disconnect. I've always said I, I write, I write for everybody that do write for men. I wish more men would read my work. Maybe, Maybe other writers, they look at it as boring. You know, I try not to be boring on the page, but I, I try to instill blue-collar values and the things and the people that I know and all the crazy things that I've done into my work, you know. So when you say blue-collar values, walk me through that. What what are America's blue-collar values in, in your mind and what you write about? Well, other than being kind to others, you know, but you, I was raised where my parents, you know, there was – Everybody had a name. There was nothing about identity politics. Really. My parents ran around with everybody. They went to concerts on the weekend and hung out and they drank. Not that that's a value, but it's community and you're connecting with people. Um, I was always taught to be kind of generous to other people. I was raised, uh, taught out to, to garden. Uh, you know, you put the garden out every year. You pick the garden, doing canning, uh, learn how to hunt, to fish. And when you hunt, you know, you're supplying food for the table. You know how to process that animal. You didn't go down the, the street to Joe Bob's and say, hey, I need a, here's a $200 here to process my deer. You know, my dad, my grandfather, they kill a deer. It's in the tree. You're gutting it. Phil dress it first, of course, but you're gutting it and then you're taking care of everything, you know, cutting up and quartering the meat and everything, letting it sit in the cold water until it's sitting long enough to get the gaminess out of it because it's the first thing you got to do. Um, and we, I grew up as a Methodist going to church, um, but I don't I don't think you really have to identify with any religion per se. But there is a, a, a spirituality that you have to have because you learn lessons in in religion. You know, that's what it's all about is, you know, being kind and generous to others and helping people out. You know, it's kind of a teamwork. It's almost like uh, military in a way. You know, I don't, I don't want to you, you gain discipline and everything from these values. You know, um, I think it's a lot of what what we've lost is people we've lost our skills you know we don't have any pioneering skills anymore i mean younger people now are getting classes on how to wash dishes and do laundry i mean that was something that you know i grew up you know i've, I've seen that and that's crazy I've, I've heard that you know we had home ec and shop class when i was a kid but you know you also picked those traits up from your grandmother or your grandfather you know and in my household the women were just as tough as the men you know my mom and my grandmother yep. on both sides of the aisle you know, they had so much life experience that we don't we don't have anymore it's kind of sad. Amen. Amen. How do people get to your site? How do they get to your writing and find out more about you, more about your books? Where do they go? Uh, you can go to any of the brick or mortar stores. And then of course you've got Amazon, Barnes and Noble books, a million. Uh, all my books are out there. I've written, written four books for, for Arthur Ross and Jerome. And you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, what's your Twitter handle? I believe it's just Frank Bill or Frank M. Bill. Um, and I 
think a long time ago I had opened a Gitter account, but I never knew to use it. I'd seen Joe Rogan was on there, and I'd, I'd placed my account on there, but I, I, I rarely use it. But uh, yeah, I'm on. I'm more on Instagram than anything a, else. Instagram. What's the handle on Instagram? Uh, Frankie and Bill. I think there's some little dashes in there, but yeah, you can, I'm easy to find. I don't have a private account. And do, and do you have a uh, do you have a website? I do not have a website. I have uh, an old blog that I never okay. never touch. <laughs> <laughs> Too busy working. Frank Bill, yeah, thank you very much for joining job. us here in the world. We'll make sure we will push this all out. It's very tough to have a couple of jobs and be a writer too. Frank Bill. Thanks. The okay. lack of masculinity in writing. Thank you very much, brother. Short break. Back in the worm in a second. Right now, many Americans are feel, feeling powerless. You know the feeling. The economy isn't stable. Crime continues to plague our communities, and those in charge do not seem to care. There's something empowering about knowing that you have the skills to defend yourself, and that's why I endorse iTarget Pro. This revolutionary system allows you to dry fire practice with your actual far, firearm at any time in the safety and privacy of your own home. No more inconvenient trips to the range and you will save a ton of money on practice ammo. Just download iTarget's proprietary app, load the laser bullet into your firearm and start your training experience. Improve muscle memory, increase reaction speed, sight alignment, trigger control, and much more. iTarget comes in all the major calibers including 223, so you can stay sharp with almost any firearm. Save 10% plus. Get free shipping with the offer code Bannon when you go to itargetpro.com right now. Don't rely on the government to make you feel safe. Empower yourself with itargetpro. That's the letter itargetpro.com. itargetpro.com and the offer code is Bannon. Your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, Mike Lindell's coming up. We need you at the ramparts because everything's on 2024. We can't have this election stolen. We refuse to have this election stolen. You're going to be at the ramparts. We cannot have you there financially crippled. Go to HomeTitleLock.com right now. Make sure there's no possibility. Check it out. That uh, a cyber criminal, because cyber crime is the crime that is exploding throughout the country. As much as you see Nordstrom's being raided every day what in Los Angeles and just looted. This is the crime that's really on the march. You can't have your title taken in a hard money lender take out a loan or some bad guys take out a loan with a hard money lender at those interest rates because a hard money lender, go when you go to them, they're going to say, tough luck, pay me. HomeTitleLock.com uh, avoids that. So go check it out today. Mike Lindell, you had a great and magnificent uh, promote by the Jack Posobiec earlier in the show, said he heard the plan over the weekend. He's as blown away as Charlie Kirk and Tyler Boiler, who are the two of the smartest guys I know. Uh, and Jack is uh, all in on the plan, says everybody, he can't wait till the whole nation hears it, I guess, on Thursday. Where do we stand right now with getting people? Only kind of officials can be there, right? Like the last time we right. did in Missouri, had a great conference a year ago. Everybody else has got to see it online for free. So how do people sign up? That's the key. How do we get them to sign up and watch this for free? By the way, we just landed in Springfield, Missouri, everybody. I got my whole team back here. <laughs> They're 
They were all excited. They, uh, but uh, yeah, everybody else, you need to watch this live. Uh, you go to liveevent.com right now. Lindaleevent.com. Get signed up right now. For signing up right now, you can get a free gift. Uh, use the referral code WARROOM, everybody. Get on it now. You want, you'll want to get right in when this day starts. 9 a.m. on Wednesday to 9 p.m. That's going to be the day of hope. And then the plan revealed will be on Thursday, uh, the 17th, from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. We're going to live stream it free to the world in 85 languages. This is so important. Remember, everybody, this plan has never, ever been done before in history, and it's going to secure our elections immediately. If you've ever took time off work or anything to watch an important historical event, this is the one you need to watch. Because the only way this plan fails is if people don't watch it. Because the media, Steve, has already got out in front of this and attacked me saying, Mike Lindell's having another election denier summit, an election denier summit. No, everybody, this is, of course, the election was stolen. That's beside the point. But this is, an, this is a summit to secure our elections. I don't care what side you're on political. We have over 70% of this country does not trust our elections anymore. That's all, of all people. We are going to bring that back immediately. And by securing our elections, people will have trust in it. It'll be amazing. So please go to lindellevent.com. Go there right now. Use promo code, referral code War Room. And I'm getting a lot of, uh, a lot of calls, too, Steve. If anybody wants to help out, they can go to lindelloffensefund.org. That's lindelloffensefund.org if you want to help out this, uh, uh, for funding the event and things we're going to do them to help fund the plan, which is going to be amazing. Okay. The two-day, the, the, two the first day is a sit we're up. Uh, I'll be hosting, I think it's 7 o'clock, a, uh, a panel discussion with General Flynn and other people. Um, and then Lou Dobbs is actually coming out for the first time. Lou Dobbs is going to be there, make a major address. And then the next day you roll out the plan, it's going to be, uh, what is it, from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Uh, every day. And you can watch that. Yeah. Uh, Worm's going to be there. We're going to be live. And your segment, all the Steve, Steve your, segment, your segment's going to be awesome. I know that the, uh, everybody's looking forward to that. It's going to be the... That's going to be the uh, uh, the national hope, everybody. You know, we have a whole day of every state getting up there telling you the individual state hope. Um, the panel up there that Steve will be doing is the is the national hope report, call it the national hope panel, and he'll be just going after. And uh, you know, you'll have to get him, Steve. Like, why? What? Where's our hope? Where's our hope? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if if you ever need a sunny disposition to do that, the guy I pick is I go to the bullpen and get Steve Bannon up. Um, Mike, uh, <laughs> walk me through walk me through the twentieth walk me through the twentieth anniversary. Uh, what do you got for me? Oh, this is great. Um, I left. Uh, I just left Minnesota. I was at my factories. They uh, there. Everybody's so busy making the twenty year anniversary pillow. Everybody, this one is uh, special for nineteen ninety eight. You guys, this is, and that's the queen size, everybody. Lowest price in history. The 20 years ago, and I invented my pillow, and now everyone, all my employees, we just did the great commercial there, the, and uh, they're back to doing what they love, and that's making pillows that help you get the best sleep ever. And with king size, $29.98. But if you go to the War Room Square, we still have some of the, the kitchen towels, the brand new product that you came in a couple of weeks ago. They're almost sold out. Get them now. And then we have uh, 
We have bathrobes. We have some of the $25 slippers left. We have uh, um, so many products, over 200 products. You use that promo code War Room. Go, go to MyPillow.com. Go to the War Room Square. You'll see Steve there. And then take it all the War Room specials. You guys are the reason my employees appreciate everything you do out there. And the Made in the USA, they, they, we have careers at MyPillow and not just jobs. Yep. Okay, uh, Mike, thank you very much. I know you got to get ready with the team in Missouri. We'll be out there starting tomorrow evening. We're going to broadcast both Wednesday and Thursday. Thank you very much, Mike. Yep, thanks, A major guys. event. It's not, it's not the election of Nair's Ball. It's an election summit. One of the Warren Posse says, yes, Steve, you're going to give the panel on hope and destroy. God, the engine room. Okay, John Prime, my old Kentucky home. Charlie Kirk, two hours of populist nationalism served up hot. Then the Jack Posobiec. We're back here from five to seven a night in the afternoon, early evening edition of The Worm. See you then. should choose an air purifier like your life depends on it because it just might canadian wildfire smoke has blanketed the united states reaching as far as our southern states and with wildfire season in full swing nationwide toxic smoke is threatening our health envirocleanse is military grade air purification that's now available for your home envirocleanse is specifically designed to wipe out airborne chemicals and viruses known to cause illness, allergies, and difficulty in breathing. Even toxic gases and particles found in wildfire smoke are no match for EnviroCleanse. That is how you keep your family healthy. And this is why the Department of Defense chose EnviroCleanse to protect the air on board our Navy combatants. And only EnviroCleanse comes with a free professional air quality monitor so you know your family's breathing purified air or you get your money back. Visit ekpure.com, that's ekpure.com, and use code STEVE for 10% off your EnviroCleanse air purification unit. You'll also receive the free air quality monitor plus fast free shipping. That's $150 savings. Now visit ekpure.com, ekpure.com, code word STEVE, ekpure.com, code word STEVE, Take action. Use your agency. Veterans, you know, we have been all over this supply chain issue with China and medications. 
and the uh, active pharmaceutical ingredients. China has a stranglehold on us where there's a way to break that. Jace Medical. I got an emergency medication kit from them. The FDA just declared a global shortage of medication and warned that critical antibiotics are in extreme short supply across the United States. But you know that because you're a viewer or listener of the show. Now, here's the action you can take to correct. Do yourself and your family a favor and get your Jace case right now. It's a pack of five prescription antibiotics you'll have on hand for common emergencies. Just visit jacemedical.com. That's Jace, J-A-S-E, jacemedical.com. Take a few minutes and fill out the form. Your information will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medication will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. You'll be glad you have the Jace case. Go to Jace Medical. That's one word, J-A-S-E, medical.com, and enter code Bannon at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code Bannon at Jace, J-A-S-E, medical.com. You know what the problem is because you've watched the show. You can break, you can take action and break that problem by going to Jace Medical and get your Jace case today. Action, action, action. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code warroom at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. Warroomhealth, all one word, warroomhealth.com. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today, check it out.